Hey, welcome to Babbleheads. We are your hosts. I am Jesse. And, and I am Eric. And uh, here we are, episode two. Uh, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, I mean, that's what's so great about doing a sports and wrestling uh, podcast, too, is there's every week there's there's hot topics to talk about and there's new things happening. And uh, we'll dive right into the NFL right now. Uh, huge, uh, huge news. Upcoming Sunday after Green Bay's loss, uh, Mike McCarthy out in Green Bay. Eric, thoughts? Yeah. Initial thoughts? Well, I mean, I was definitely shocked. I didn't think that they were gonna. Well, first off, I didn't think they were gonna get rid of him in, uh, you know, mid-season form here. I didn't think, uh, you know, that's a big deal getting rid of a coach. Usually, when you see a coach go mid-season, it's because of something catastrophic. Now, I, I don't necessarily think that. Anything can, I mean, they're just having a rough season. On the other hand, I, so saying I was surprised is, is one thing, but on the other hand, I I don't know how I feel about Mike McCarthy or that or the Packers as a whole. I mean, they have arguably currently could be the best quarterback in football. You know, what a, you know is a great talent, and they've kind of they've wasted him. I know that they have won a Super Bowl with uh, one Super Bowl with him, sadly beating my against Steelers, your but, yeah, um, against your Steelers. But uh, he's a tremendous talent. I feel like they have done nothing for him. They, he has no... No weapons. It, no real weapons. I mean, just recently, as he started to get, you know, with the, the emergence of Aaron Jones at running back, they have had no... I mean, uh, they just... Yeah, like, since guys that have been there for a long time, the Greg Jennings of the world and stuff like that left, they, they haven't given him anything, I feel like. And, you know... I it's a, it's a weird perspective. Like I said, you look at it from a perspective where is Mike McCarthy, he's out, but now what? You know what I mean? Like, is someone going to step in and do better, or is it a big mistake? I personally think they probably could have gave him for the rest of the year and, and kind of played it out, but I don't know. How about, how about you? Yeah, I was kind of shocked. I, I figured it was, I don't know, it seems like they would have uh, at least, you know, he – he does. He did bring a ring. You know, Mike McCarthy did bring a ring with Aaron Rodgers and and in the Green Bay Packers in 2011. And uh, I thought maybe they would have waited. It, it seemed like the writing was on the wall that something had to change if they wanted to, you know, keep Aaron Rodgers uh, happy and and wanted to actually have some success. Something something had to change. Uh, but I did not think that it was going to come after a loss to the Cardinals. But if there was ever going to be a time for it to come, I mean, that would probably be the last straw for me if I was running the organization too. Like, we're fucking dropping it in Green Bay against the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, I'm sh- I was shocked that they didn't wait to the end of the season. Uh, but I think they wanted to instill some hope that, listen, we're taking this serious. We're not just going to let it, like, ring out. But at the same time, like, you're throwing a monkey wrench in the – you know, in a season that's already doomed, uh, so does it matter? But I don't know. It was kind of it was a little shocking to to see, but at the same time, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is like such an elite quarterback, and and exactly what you said, there was they've done nothing for him. He's had no real viable weapons. He's kind of just, I mean, it's it's kind of by the grace of God that he even has a Super Bowl ring, given given what Green Bay has provided to him or lack thereof it's kind of astonishing that he even has a ring i feel like if he was in a if he was in a different uh on a different team 
with with better uh, options uh, as receivers, um, or even you know even uh, their running game if they had like great r- running backs or anything like that, some other options. Uh, you know, you're you're talking about someone who could, you know, be. I mean, now obviously we say Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, um, but someone who could easily be, you know, racking up Super Bowl rings elsewhere or, you know, in Green Bay with better options. And they just, I think they're a team that has put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket and one guy cannot win a Super Bowl. I mean, you... you, Yeah, very rarely do you see that. I mean, uh, you know, you see Brady do... You've seen Brady and Peyton Manning do a lot with a little, and uh, but with with Brady, it's the system too. You know that Patriots system. Well, I mean, saying that, like, well, I remember when you know a couple weeks ago when when Green Bay played played the the Patriots, like they talked about if those guys switched teams, like if Aaron Rodgers was on the Patriots or vice versa, and 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 Tom Brady on the Packers, would would they still both be successful? I mean, I'm, I would ask you, like, do you think they both would still be successful? Uh, it's it's hard to say. I real uh, top of my head, yes, but at the yeah, same time, I think they, I, think, I think Aaron Rodgers would be more successful in uh, New England than Tom Brady would be in uh, Green Bay. In Green Bay, because I mean, bottom line is, listen, you need someone who is an elite receiver on your team at least one option like and, yeah i mean not that green bay doesn't have you know Devonte Devonte adams or whatever is, is great but I, yeah i mean i think i think with the nfl the way it is right now especially um you need more than one player and i think it's kind of shifted where a few years ago you know you could win a super bowl with a not, I don't want to say subpar offense, but a pretty good offense and a, and a dominant defense. And I think now it's completely shifted where you could win a Super Bowl with a, you know, a, a subpar, okay defense and an amazing offense. I think the game is so offensive right now that it's just um, – it's insane. So, yeah, like you said, it's, it's tough having one player right now to uh, – like you know, your quarterback obviously makes everything, and, and he is he is the key to everything. But he definitely needs help. I mean, very rarely do you see. Uh, it's not like the NBA where one player can pretty much bring you to a title. <laughs> so I mean, if you want my honest opinion, I think the the biggest. Um, if I was a Green Bay fan, you know who I would be the the most aggravated at. It wouldn't be the front office. It wouldn't be Mike McCarthy. It would not be Aaron Rodgers. It would be. Crosby, I mean, what? I mean, you obviously something's a, a miss. You miss. He he had all those misses at the beginning of the season too. What was it? Four, three, three missed field goals and an extra point. What was? Wasn't that what it was? And and then he misses. Uh, uh you know, a this kick. Uh, that that could have potentially tied it. Um, you know. So do I mean, he makes those kicks. Uh, at the the game in the the beginning of the season, and he makes that that kick and ties it and brings them to overtime, and, and they could potentially have two more games under their belt. I mean, I, I mean it's coming down to a game of points at that point. And I think, like 
I, I, I agree. I, I, it's tough. Like sometimes in football or any sport professionally, like uh, the wrong guy gets blamed. Usually it's the coach. Like it's not always the coach. Oh, yeah. I think if you look at any any organization that's that's successful, there's a few things they have, and, and starting with is a good front office and GM. So obviously it's not all Mike McCarthy's fault. Like there's a GM who and an owner who are making these decisions as well. So, um, but yeah, like just to get back to what, you know the McCarthy thing, I definitely I definitely feel like sometimes uh, you go down when it's not necessarily all your fault, but that's kind of the name of the game. And uh, Yeah, that goes with the territory of being a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. Like, if a, if, a, if a team loses every game of the year, is it always necessarily the coach's fault? Not always, but, you know, they're obviously they're going to be the one who gets blamed. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, I guess uh, moving on from that, uh, I wanted to touch on, uh, touch on my Bills um, releasing uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Holmes. Uh, I mean, I think this was, uh, the right time to get rid of, especially Calvin Benjamin. He's just kind of showed nothing. He's kind of shown up and done absolutely nothing. And it it was kind of a a waste of time. Honestly, if I'm, if I'm Buffalo's front office, uh, I'm kind of upset and confused why someone that has a lot of potential shows up and is just a lazy sack of shit. Yeah, I mean, like I, we discussed this a little bit before. It just Benjamin seemed like kind of a. Uh, I knew I had read before that he was, you know, called out for being a little bit lazy and not being a hard worker. So I think that's kind of what got the best of him. I think, you know, he was pretty. He had a good career at Florida State. You know, he's drafted, I believe, at the end of the first round uh, by the Panthers. And he kind of had, you know, he wasn't amazing with the Panthers. Like, obviously, they were okay to get rid of him. Um, so, yeah, I just think what got the best of him is just like his own – he was his own worst enemy and he just got lazy. And like I said, when your quarterback's asking you to uh, do some pregame warm-ups and you're just telling him flat out no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then I think there's something wrong. So, I mean, good for them. That's what the Bills need, man. They need to um, – well, any organization. But, yeah, the, they need to – that's just not going to float. So, just get – you know, cut your losses while you can. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's – and I kind of asked you this question too uh, the other day. Do you think it's the – do you think it's Buffalo? Like some of these guys, like we saw kind of something similar. I mean, he was a little older and he was kind of uh, arguably on the downswing of his career, but we saw something similar with Mario Williams years ago kind of show up and, and just was an unproductive, lazy piece of shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's Buffalo per se. I just think that in certain circumstances, especially the Mario Williams stuff was like, you know, he was at the tail end of his career anyway. And I and, and like recently with like Vontae Davis retiring at halftime. Yeah, yeah, that was... Guy who, you know, another guy who was a pro bowler at one point. And uh, I just think that with the culture there lately, like some of these guys are just getting later in their career. I just think... I don't think it's Buffalo per se. Like, Buffalo could turn around, you know, Buffalo's only a few players from turning it around. I mean, look at, there's a lot of other organizations, you know, who have been a joke, who all of a sudden are just good, and it's kind of becomes the norm. So, I don't know if it's the culture there in Buffalo. I can't really blame the culture. I just think it, like, those other guys are just circumstantial. Like, Mario Williams, like, tail end of his career, Monte Davis, tail end. And and, uh, so, yeah, I don't really blame Buffalo for that. 
Now, uh, moving on to your Steelers with uh, James Conner. Uh, I mean, with that ankle injury, uh, what does that do? Do you think that kind of hurts the Steelers' chances here at making a a real postseason run? Well, uh, the Steelers lately have been—they definitely have been shooting themselves in the foot. The last two games, you know, we just lost to the Chargers and we lost to the Broncos. I think we could have both those games should have been won. Actually, um, this is the first time in the history of the Steelers. Uh, franchise where they've been up 14 by 14 points at halftime and lost that's never happened before yeah it's insane um, i don't think like uh connor's a beast and i love everything about that guy i don't know if it affects us too i mean he's he's had some good games but he, lately he's kind of slowed down a little bit so i still feel confident the only thing i'm worried about is just us shooting ourselves in the foot again like we play the raiders this week i think i feel good about that but we end the you know, we still got to play the Saints. Also, on, speaking of the Saints. Yeah, oh, yeah, we got to, because obviously we're... The first we, podcast, I, I, I talked about <laughs> how we're going to come out and just destroy the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually an awful game, and they lost, what, 13 to 10, so... I mean, that just seems like... Uh, I mean, we, we make jokes all the time about the NFL's rigged, but that was did that just seem weird? It just seems like an such an odd game. There's so many games like that that just feel... Ugh, I like that. And I, I always joke, yeah, that the NFL is fixed because, like, I don't know, how is it that the the mo- uh, such a powerful offense that's literally coming out putting forty plus points on people every week? They come out against a, you know, Dallas defense not like a slouch, but they're also not like a they're not a powerhouse, and they put up ten points. It just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But Dallas this week game of the week for me is is them. They play. Um, they play the Eagles, and that, that's been such an interesting uh, uh, division this year with the yeah. FC East because it hasn't been, like, super great, but teams are coming out. So I think whoever wins this game with them, Cowboys and the Eagles, uh, will probably end up winning that division. So that should be uh, that should be a good game this weekend. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty wild to, to watch that game, and, and I honestly thought I was going to see some late-game heroics from Drew Brees, and it just never, uh, it never yeah, came to no. fruition. They were so yeah, ten points, just not nothing going for them. So, and uh, talking, uh, you know, going to the the Eagles and the Redskins. I mean, holy shit, fucking uh, Colt McCoy breaking his leg after Alex Smith broke his leg. I mean, is are the Redskins just doomed or what? Yeah, I feel bad for them, man. They, you know, they were showing signs of uh, having a good season this year, and they. They had, you know, had some weapons, and uh, they picked up a couple key defensive players. But yeah, they just Alex Smith going down really hurt him, and then just, I mean, even that hurt him the most. Obviously, I mean, Colt McCoy just, I don't even know if they would have been sufficient with Colt McCoy. But yeah, then him getting hurt too. So it's just, it's rough. I, I definitely feel for them. That's a franchise that kind of been down in the dumps for the past couple of years. So, but. I mean, so uh, so what? Uh, you know, who's your hot team this week? Uh, who's your hot team and your not so hot team? Uh, you got this week in the NFL going into you know what is this uh, week thirteen or week twelve? Uh, I think this is week thirteen or week fourteen, maybe actually. Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like I'm gonna say my hot team. Trying to think, of, I think the I think the Saints. I know I said this last time. I think I think the Saints are going to come out and make a big statement in this next game. They play the Bucks. I think that they're kind of going to bounce back. Um, 
And you know who else is uh, kind of surging a little bit? Not that I, they're great as the, the Giants. Giants picking up a couple of victories. They play the <laughs> yeah. They play the Redskins. Redskins are kind of banged up. I can see them getting a victory. Yeah, I mean they've had a pretty re- they've had a really rough start uh, this year. Couple intriguing games to me is uh, like I said the Eagles um, Eagles Cowboys and then the Monday night game with the Seahawks and the Vikings is a good one and then I also really like um, the Chiefs Ravens that game should be interesting. Oh yeah. Ravens so powerful defensively, the Chiefs so power offensive or so powerful offensively. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how that game shakes up. Is it gonna be a high scoring game, or or the Ravens gonna kind of control it and keep uh, keep the offense uh, for the Chiefs on their toes and, and have it be really a battle of the wits of offense versus de- an offensive team versus a defensive team? Yeah, I don't know. I think the Chiefs will probably end up squeak- getting it out of there. I, I just don't think the Ravens are. I don't know if they have the. If they're so up and down offensively, and then having you know the rookie uh, Lamar Jackson as uh, their starting quarterback right now, he hasn't really blown anybody away. I mean, I, even though they are undefeated with him playing, but he's kind of a he's a wild card, you know. Like he's like Definitely. probably a Mike Vick without the maybe not even as good of an arm as Mike Vick, which isn't saying much, but. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, if I yeah if I have uh, if I had to say someone you know a, a team I I would say is up uh, this week uh, I'm going with the Chiefs I I think they're gonna steamroll them I I know it I know the Ravens have a powerful defense I I know they they got their shit together but I really think I think I I think Mahomes is the next elite quarterback and he's just so you can kind of see like. I mean, when you you look at some of these quarterbacks, you can kind of see if they have a fire in their gut or not. And I feel like Aaron Rodgers, maybe, I mean, I'm not saying his talent isn't there, but I feel like his fire to win hasn't been there, or at least, you know, I mean, I guess you can't really see it because he doesn't have a lot of targets. You know, he hasn't really had a young team. They've had been, the team, the roster's been uh, mixed up a lot the last few seasons. Um, but I really think Mahomes is going to, I really look forward to the next three to five years with him in the league. I, I think, and how, what an awesome story that would be if the next elite team, like Patriots have been an elite team for 15 years or more. Uh, it would be so fun to see someone like that. And it's coming from, it's coming from a, a Bills fan. Even, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing someone like the Chiefs be the next huge team that's constant, just like, you know, a star studded team that, you know, who don't like, I really think I've really believed in Andy Reid's coaching for years too. Um, so I, I think Mahomes is in the right spot. And I think, uh, and I, I think that's a testament to their no nonsense, uh, call with this hunt situation, uh, in axing him after that yeah, the whole debacle. We gotta speak about Hunt a little bit if we're gonna talk about the Chiefs, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think the Chiefs, like we spoke about on the previous episode, I think uh, it's an exciting time with all the young uh, quarterbacks stepping up, and the Chiefs could very well be a team that you know is on top of the AFC for years to come. Um, I'm sure they're gonna again buff up their defense, and uh, it's it's very exciting to watch. And like you said, uh, Mahomes is right on the forefront of that. 
I feel like a great quarterback changes everything because once you know you have that position solidified, I feel like the you know the the powers that be will do everything to one keep him happy, two put the weapons around him to really do the job, and that's something I think that we can agree that Green Bay has just kind of failed to do, uh, you know, and uh, it looks like you know for all in, in intents and purposes that is what they intend to do for Mahomes, and I think they're real that that franchise is reinvigorated and really excited. Uh, for the first time, uh, maybe ever. I mean, obviously there was a little uh, fanfare and excitement when Alex Smith was throwing for him, but now it just seems different because you got a young guy and he's proven himself this year and he's having just uh, a monster of a season. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, it's. Uh, I think. I mean, I, I gotta wonder how long. Like sometimes you see a guy come in the. And he's really powerful his first year, and he kind of takes like a little, what do they call it, the sophomore slump. But yeah. these guys, I don't really see them doing anything like that. You know what I mean? I see it I see it surging for years to come. So good time for the NFL. Yeah, and uh, getting rid of Hunt after he, uh, you know, and it seems uh, obviously the act of uh, laying his hands on a, on a woman and getting this uh, videotaped uh, was enough to get rid of him. But the fact that he blatantly lied uh, to the Chiefs organization about what happened, and then you know the video leaks or whatever, and uh, yeah, they a- they acted swiftly, getting getting rid of him fast, quick, and in I a think hurry. They did, uh, I think the Chiefs did it great, and I think it shows. I think that shows to me that they're uh, they're a real deal franchise. I mean, if they would have, I think they they went about it the complete right way. It's is exactly what I would have done. Um, and I think it's it shows nobody you know when he cleared waivers. I mean, he cleared waivers on that Monday, so nobody picked him up. So the NFL needs to rid itself. All professional sports need to rid itself rid itself of this stuff. I mean, you know, before I feel like they're a little bit more lenient. Like you saw guys who did heinous stuff come back and play. In fact, there's guys right now who are currently playing. Who oh yeah, I've done heinous stuff like you know Joe Mixon with the the Bengals, and you know a couple of years ago with Greg Hardy. So. They definitely made the right move on this, and uh, I, mean, I mean, it's definitely the social atmosphere that has ramped these up too. Because I mean, I mean, you can't like uh, some, like you said, some of these guys are playing right now, and uh, they've gotten away with some some pretty uh, despicable stuff. So the fact that you know, uh, I ha- I'm I'm glad, I'm happy that the Chiefs organization handled this swiftly, and they're just done with them, and uh, he'll never play in Kansas City ever again. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he'll come back and play somewhere, but you never know. I mean, guy, it's it's kind of up in the air. I mean, I I'm not going to measure what was worse or what wasn't worse. Like obviously with the Ray Rice stuff, like you know, Ray Rice is never going to play again, and it's that's how it should be. I mean, um, it's a lot. Di- it shouldn't be, but it's a lot different when you see the actual footage. I guess you know what I mean. It, like, yeah, it puts it when you hear it like. Uh, you know, do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Obviously, where there's smoke, there's fire. But then actually seeing it, you're like, wow. Like, you know, it, it takes it to a new level and brings, you know, the, the reality of the situation, seeing the video evidence. Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, it shouldn't be that way because even if – even reading about stuff, it should be just as heinous. But like I said, I, I think everyone can agree that when you see it, it's just – it gives you that feeling in your gut and it's just disgust, disgusting. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any final thoughts on the NFL before we move to our second active uh, season, being the NBA? Uh, 
no, I mean, just I'm eager to see what what comes this week, and hopefully, uh, my uh, Steelers can get a nice victory. They're playing the the Raiders, so I'm a little bit uh, confident. But yeah, other than that, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if everyone returns to form or if uh, the Saints put up a uh, ten points. Yeah. <laughs> In the old rigged NFL. Uh, yeah. But uh, moving on to the NBA, another firing. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, it's cleaning house uh, everywhere in the Midwest, apparently, because the Chicago Bulls uh, axed uh, Coach Fred Hoiberg after a five and nineteen start. I mean, a five and nineteen start. Obviously, that's very that's not what the Bulls were looking for. Um, and this is, you know, it's still relatively early in the season. You know, they're what, two months in-ish, a little less than two months in, and they made a coaching uh, switch uh, fast. So uh, uh, for me, I think it's a good idea. Obviously, something has to change, but you got to remember, too, I mean, you got uh, Wendell Carter Jr. on there now, um, but you're, you really don't have any real star power right now either. So, uh, I mean, this is this is a rebuilding for the Bulls. And that's my biggest thing right now is, like, no offense to these teams, but, like, with the era of the NBA the way it is right now with your your super teams and your power teams, like, what did, what did the Bulls really look to get out of this? Like, I understand you fired your coach, but, like, no matter who, in my opinion, no matter who you bring in, is it going to be any different? Because if you're, like I said, the way it is right now, you're you're either a super team, a power team, or you're not. And and, yeah. it, and, it, and it shows, but like, who are they going to bring in that's going to make it any better? The only the only thing that's going to make it any better is if you're bringing in huge players. You know it, what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, I, just, I mean, I'm with you, honestly. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. Like, I can understand it, but I feel like you've seen this all the time. These these teams just getting rid of coaches, bringing guys in, and then two years later, a year later, you're firing the coach again. It's like, that's kind of the the world of of the nba right now it's a it's a rush to get the ring um so yeah, it's it's, it's like join up at, at any cost and it is what it is but yeah it, it's true but like i don't know like if i took steve kerr right now and i put steve kerr on the bulls are they gonna is their record gonna be any different because i i personally don't think so i really don't no i don't think so and i think uh I mean, we talk about uh, football coaches, but with NBA coaches, I, I feel like, and we've discussed this too, like, I mean, how much of a difference is the NBA coach really making? I mean, someone is is impressive and as uh, commanding as a Greg Popovich is probably making a pretty big difference having him on your team as opposed to someone else. But at the same time, I mean, like we said, like, you put Tim Duncan. I feel like you put Tim Duncan on any other team. He still would have provided the the numbers that he put up. Right, exactly. It's just um, I think you don't see the the old school coaches like I think because of the turnarounds now. Like once Pop leaves, you know you're not going to have guys like that anymore. I don't like guys who are just with a team and they're there forever you know what i mean or yeah even like i a, feel like the head like coaching the Phil jackson's the, yeah. the jerry sloan the jerry sloan's of the world i mean jerry sloan was with utah for so freaking long it's like um you're just not gonna see that but it's it's the culture of the nba like i said like it's all it's players it's players they're much more important than the coach i think and um and i think that's kind of the only league where you can really say that i think I think the coach matters in almost any other professional sports league. I just think in the NBA, 
with the I don't know. It's just kind of a different animal, you know. It, no, it really is, and uh, I mean, I feel like I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the egos are gigantic in the NFL, and I think the egos are gigantic in the MLB. But I feel yeah, like, like NBA, it's a it's a sports there's egos. But yeah, yeah, but I feel like the NBA, it's a whole nother level of like uh, of of egotistical players. I mean, which goes yeah. goes with the territory of being a, a sports star, but. Uh, to an extent, but at the same time, I feel like the days of the the more reserved, um, and that's why I'll kind of I'll credit a little bit to to some guys um, like Kawhi Leonard that aren't really loudmouths or stuff. Um, but at the same time, he obviously thought he was uh, better than the Spurs organization, and he deserved better, and he didn't want to play there anymore. So, but so it's all about how you handle your ego, and some of those guys really. Uh, really have no uh shame in their game <laughs> as far as their ego goes and it's uh it's a win now uh win fast situation and, and you know with the playoffs last year you kind of saw you know if there was the the rocket the rockets really if the rockets were ever going to win it it was last year chris paul got hurt and you know you still had james harden playing okay he he could have had better games but chris paul doesn't go down I think that would have went to uh, game seven and the Warriors probably would have still pulled it out. But I mean, the Warriors are a perfect example and that team's not going to last forever, but you need at this, it's all offense. Defense is, is almost non-existent. That's why I love and respect and, and cherish and worship any, any of these guys, especially bigger guys that are really playing defense. I love the the big guys that still want to be big guys and don't want to just revert to being a three-point shooter. I feel like that I, it's a shame that that's what the NBA has turned into. And I know people love it. People love it's good for like, yeah, it's a cool. I mean, it, it's like that with any sport where like it changes like the, but I think us growing up when we did, and I think a lot of our, we were a little spoiled in the nineties. Yeah. The nineties were kind of like, the, I mean, the 90s was, were hands down the golden era of basketball. And that's what you're thinking about, too, so you can't look at it like that. And it's the same thing with the NFL or, you know, Major League Baseball. Like, everything is kind of – everything changes a little bit, although baseball has kind of stayed true from that push in the 90s where, well, you know, the steroid era where now people just want to see home runs and the small ball. But, yeah, like, you know, I think we're so used to talking and, and – referring back to our youth of this 90s basketball where it's like hard nose it's just it's just not like that anymore you know what i mean so it's a completely game it's not about you know it's not hard nose at all anymore it's it's a game of finesse now uh in every facet it's so it seems um which is nice because don't get me wrong uh, as much as i loathe the warriors like anybody else um it is. It really is. It's something to behold seeing how well someone like Steph Curry can really, truly shoot. But I mean, who's to say that? Uh, you know, obviously Ray Allen's one of the most revered shooters and three-point shooters of all time. Uh, you know, if if Ray Allen came into the league in two thousand, you know, nine, ten, eleven, and was playing in his prime right now, if no one was really guarding him the way people just give up and don't guard Steph Curry because they just are like, well, fuck it, he's he's shooting, you know, seven feet outside the three point line, and he's probably gonna swish it. I'm not even gonna try to run and and get a get a block on this guy or, or try to get a hand in his face. Uh, so uh, t- to me, it's a different time, and they 
people don't play defense like they do, so you're seeing offense get ramped up. Um, but like you said, it's just a, it's it's a different game now. Um, but it is like we were saying, it's a win now uh, type of atmosphere, and uh, you know you're not seeing. But then you look, uh, you know, when, when to the same point when I say that, you see guys that were these all-stars on these teams, but they never really went anywhere, even in the 90s. Like, Charles Barkley obviously was great and, uh, you know, really did diddly squat. Uh, you know, he never really had great playoff runs or anything like that. And, and same with a lot of these teams. You know, you look, I mean, the Heat had some okay playoff runs, but they never got a title, and they had Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning. And, right. and you know, the the Hornets, you got Glenn Rice, and and, and uh, it, it was all these uh, top-tier players and stuff, but it seems like, you know, obviously 97, 98, you saw the, the, the Jazz and the Bulls. Uh, you know, it was kind of always them at odds with each other, and... Uh, obviously the Rockets and the Bulls and, and it just seemed like it was dominated then, but it was a little less, uh, I mean, now it's just, it's been, it's been crazy. You know, LeBron against the Warriors were going on how many seasons now, four or five. And LeBron's been in the finals every single year. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, at least this year will probably be different. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, but moving on from from that, I do, I wanted to bring up uh, Russell Westbrook uh, last night passing. Jay, he was tied with Jason Kidd, third all time um, for triple doubles, and now he has surpassed Jason Kidd in taking the number three spot for the most triple doubles in the NBA. I mean, Westbrook is uh, really is a phenomenal player and uh, was uh, overshadowed. I feel like for a long time, um, but at the same time, I mean, you can have two guys on the team that can share the spotlight. He passed that last night, but at the same time, Paul George was the story because he had 47 points, and they pulled out a, a squeaker against my Nets by two points. Uh, it's really, uh, it's really something what uh, some of these guys are doing, and uh, I, I'm a really big fan of the or Oklahoma City uh, organization. I really like what they've uh, what they've been doing. I think they were a great addition into the league years ago, and uh, I'm a big fan of them, and I love. Russell Westbrook and I I feel like uh it's uh it's really fun to watch him play and you know you got Paul George coming in from the Pacers uh last year and uh him putting up 47 points last night is pretty impressive yeah I love uh you know I love Westbrook's one of my favorite players to watch too he's just absolutely a, he's an animal he's all and the thing about him is he's He's definitely multifaceted when it comes to uh, being a player. He could do he could do it all, and I think, yeah, I mean, the Oklahoma City was a really cool uh, introduction to the league, and I think he's been a great face face of that franchise. And you can tell he really wants to win, and I think he, you know, he wants to be that guy who takes down the Warriors. But it's just like it, like we talked about. It's just it's tough. Uh, if only maybe if Durant stayed there, you know. I mean, I know. I mean, to think that Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook were all on the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> I mean, it just seems so like surreal at this point. But yeah, maybe you know, maybe like they say, maybe sometimes you gotta, you kind of gotta break off uh, to really you know be yourself. Look at Victor Oladipo as well. I mean, yeah, he, you know, just tearing it up with the, with the Pacers. I mean, he was on that team as well. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting time for NBA, but I think it's really cool to see him climb the leaderboards. I'm sure you're going to see him. Uh, 
he's going to get even farther up there. He loves to, because he could do it all. So Yeah. Uh, last night, uh, a cream of the of the Eastern Conference, uh, the Sixers against uh, Toronto. I was pretty excited for that game. Uh, you know, now that I live in the Philly area, I've been following the Sixers, but they came up a little short to uh, old Kawhi last night. So that could be, uh, you know, that's obviously a playoff type uh, game right there. So, and I, I think with uh with all the the excitement in the East last year with how well the Sixers did do. Uh, obviously coming up short, and same with the uh, the Celtics, especially being out Kyrie and uh, Gordon Hayward. Um, and the focus is really on those two teams in the East, besides obviously LeBron and, and the Cavs. Um, but, I mean, especially coming in this year with the Kawhi-Danny uh, Green acquirement in Toronto, I don't think anybody really, he was, even though that was a big story, obviously DeRozan going to San Antonio, Kawhi going to Toronto, it was kind of like a people didn't really put it together, and now you have the Toronto Raptors, the best record in the East. I mean, I mean, how crazy would that be? I mean, does I mean we've talked about this uh, the last uh, the last episode, but if by some chance of I'm not even saying win the finals, but if Kawhi brings the Raptors to the finals, I mean, does he stay in Toronto? Does he see a future there? Yeah, I know. I know we talked we talked about this last time, but yeah, I still don't. I just think he's just, I just I don't know. I just think he's gone. I just don't. I know he didn't really want to go there. They're doing great in the East, but I don't know. I just picture him go. I picture him leaving, of course. So yeah, as do I. But I think it would be cool if he stayed. But he just seems like someone that is not interested at all in staying with that organization. But he's a he's a he's an odd cat anyway. You can't really get a read on him. I, I'm pretty sure. A little alien is in his brain controlling everything he does anyway because he's such an odd he's an odd guy yeah that's for sure uh but uh i obviously uh so another thing i wanted to touch on uh Dwayne wade last season uh kind of his little farewell run obviously uh returning to the heat and uh having one last season i mean what's your uh you know now that it's his last season and looking back and and uh at his career, where do where do you think Dwayne Wade uh, ranks? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he seems like a Hall of Fame type player to me. I think uh, he's around, like I said, in the strange generation of kind of like Kobe, Kobe, but you know, I mean, yeah, he and, and he was a part of like the first, like the you know the big uh, you know the heat wave that they had down there when they brought Bosh and LeBron in, so. And, you know, he, he's won plenty of titles. He had Shaq with him. I think he seems like uh, – I've always enjoyed watching him play. I think he seems like he's a well-respected player. And uh, I don't know. I guess even coming out of college, I didn't – you know, him at Marquette, I didn't – I didn't even think he was going to have a good, as good of a career as he did. So he's, he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to say – and I mean, no disrespect to him at all, but to say that you have two uh, – you have, uh, you know, he's got uh, two rings with uh, LeBron, right? Um, and he's got he's got a ring with he's got a couple rings with LeBron, and he's also got a ring with Shaq. I mean, that's uh, that's good company to be uh, lined up to. Saying that you uh, shared, you know, you were teammates and have a ring with Shaq, and you were teammates and have a ring with LeBron. That's a uh, that's pretty. Uh, it's it speaks to your level of play. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I think I, I agree a hall of fame player, 
for sure. Uh, came in at a weird time, obviously. Uh, was playing when Kobe was still, you know, in the in the ass end of his prime. And, uh, you know, into, you know, Usher playing, obviously, with LeBron and the, the LeBron era, as we'll, uh, as we'll deem it. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it's nice to see that he's not going to overstay his welcome either. I, I feel like it would be, uh, I feel like a lot of these guys do slight disservices to themselves staying a little too long at the party. But at the same time, uh, I do like uh, that Dirk and uh, Vince Carter, two of my favorite players of all time, as you can uh, attest to, two of my favorite guys uh, of ever in the NBA, uh, obviously in their 21st seasons. And it sounds like, uh, I mean, Vince Carter has all but said it, uh, said that he's pretty much going to be done. And uh, Dirk, it seems that way too, uh, 21 seasons. What, what are your uh, feelings on that? Uh, Dirk and uh, Vince Carter obviously coming in the same year and, having the careers that they've had, obviously Vince never getting a ring, Dirk getting the lone ring in 2011 against uh, LeBron in the heat. But uh, what's your opinion on those guys and, and them staying 21 seasons and, uh, you know, Dirk being 21 seasons on the same team? It's a, yeah, I mean, it's insane. I think something yeah. you'll never, I feel like you will, it's going to be very rare to ever see a player in the NBA spend 21 seasons with one team. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I don't know if you'll ever see that. Uh, again, I think Vince Carter um, is amazing. I think at one point he was maybe everyone's favorite player. Uh, I can remember seeing him, uh, you know, jump over guys in the, in the Olympics and stuff like that. So, oh, greatest! Uh, I'll say it right now: greatest dunker of all time. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's insane. He's um, super athlete, and still to be doing it at his age. I mean, it's not like he's a slouch by any means. And, and he's playing off the bench, too. Uh, I mean, he's obviously helping guys out, and he's on the Hawks. Uh, I mean, what that's going to do, and what even just one season with Vince Carter, uh, you know, being able to pick Vince Carter's brain is going to do for Trey Young. Uh, obviously, obviously, one of the, the, if not the hottest rookie in the NBA right now, uh, what that's going to do for him, being able to pick Vince Carter's brain and have uh, Vince be that, uh, you know, uh, grizzled old vet. Uh, it's going to do wonders and he's really, they really are. I mean, Dirk, Dirk's obviously, uh, hasn't played this season yet, but, uh, you know, giving back, that's, that's totally giving back to, uh, to the league, you know, staying that long and like taking on that role and whether it is for the money or, or whatever they do it. But I, I, Vince Carter at 41 years old, I can't think that he's doing it solely for the money. He obviously hasn't you know, is wanting to stay with the game as long as he possibly can. And, you know, helping obviously younger guys, he's getting something from that as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, like we talked about when you're, these guys, you know, have such a drive, it's tough. I'm sure it's extremely hard to leave the game and that's all you've known for the past, you know, I mean, not even you're playing professionally for 20 years and then you're playing college and you're playing, you know, it's, it's got, it's can't be easy to leave the game. So I think it, like you said, I think it speaks volumes for them to still a be able to do it and then be uh in vince's case like being that you know that guy on the bench who's helping out everyone like you said like helping out these younger guys i think it takes a special person to do that and we're gonna look back on vince and dirk i mean there was a time where dirk was pretty much unguardable i mean that being that oh, tall, yeah i mean had the the high arcing shot one of the most uh the i mean one of the most deadly three-point shots because it was so unguardable yeah, I mean, it's just that tall, that athletic, 
with such a the, the shot he had was so amazing. I mean, um, like I said, another like golden age of basketball. We got to see these guys play their whole career. So. I know it's it's great. It's it's fun to think about, honestly. It really is. Uh, but uh, one last uh, question on the NBA before we uh, touch on some other stuff. Um, have you been able to watch uh, Luka Doncic uh, from uh, the Mavs rookie play yet? Uh, I've seen him play in, in some games. I can't say that I've seen a bunch of his stuff. Mostly highlights. I have caught a couple of the Mavericks games. There's been a people thought that the uh, the Mavericks were uh, crazy for taking that uh, swap at the draft for uh, for him instead of uh, Trey Young, but I'll tell you what, he's really coming into his own and he's uh, he's looking beastly, man. And and it looks like the Mavs do have uh, their new franchise player, or, or so it seems. Yeah, he's definitely been a fun European player to watch. I think. Every time you see these guys get drafted, no one ever really knows what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, are you going to get Darko Milicic? Or, you know what I mean? Are you, <laughs> or are you going to get Ricky Rubio? So it's, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's been fun to watch him. I think it's obviously the Mavs knew what they were doing. And, uh, and yeah, he's been, he's been fun to watch. I, I watched uh, some of the game with him against Trey Young in the, in the Hawks, and I thought that was uh, – that was really fun, and I, and you got to be excited if you're a fan of those teams, thinking about the future with those guys. I mean, Trey Young has been has such a polarizing career as well, where you know he really did so good in college, but the Oklahoma team they lost a lot, but he was still putting up monster numbers, and he's been he's another one that's just super fun to watch. Both those guys are just really smart, good young players. Oh yeah. Uh, couldn't agree more, honestly. Uh, it's it's going to be exciting to see uh, what the new uh, the new NBA is going to look like over the next uh, five to seven years. But with that uh, with that said, uh, let's dive into uh, let's dive into boxing. I I know something uh, probably people that see what this podcast is about they think we probably won't touch on the fight game. Um, I'm very very extremely novice when it comes to boxing. Um, but we do, well, both of us, uh, come from the boxing all town of the boxing all of fame. Um, and uh, I know that you are, uh, an avid boxing, fo- boxing follower. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, the fight, uh, the fights recently. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's hear yeah, some, well, some boxing. I, now. I know we talked, when we talked about doing this week's episode, I, I, I wanted to touch on boxing and I actually MMA a little bit too, cause I'm a big fan of both, but, um, Boxing right now, it's crazy to me because it's it's such a good time for boxing, and, and there's so many good um, boxers at almost every weight class right now. And uh, you know what? What the I think the boxing has almost been missing was like a good heavyweight division, especially an American heavyweight, which you know now we we have in Deontay Wilder. So this past weekend, which I'm sure some of you know, there was a big fight between. Deontay Wilder from the United States heavyweight against this guy named Tyson Fury from England. Um, you know, it was a, probably the, one of the bigger fights of the year, top three fights of the year probably. Um, and it's just so sad about boxing, and I'm going to explain why I'm saying this about why it's kind of taken a step back to, like, when it comes to the fight game, MMA and stuff like that. You have such a big, You have such a big fight. It's a solid match, two Warriors going at it, and then you have, so obviously in every boxing match there's three judges, and for some reason boxing is so political and so off-kilter that there's always one judge that has to ruin it for everyone. So 
earlier this year, there was a, you know, the big fights between Triple G and Canelo, and the first one got ruined because this one judge out of nowhere scores it completely wrong, and it becomes a draw. So the same thing happened in this fight, where you think that Tyson Fury pretty much, you know, outboxed him, did enough to win, and, the, you know, it's just so, I don't know if it's about money, or I don't know if it's about the politics of it, but... One judge scores it completely, you know, and, and, and like oh, you have no idea what they're what they're looking at, and uh, they score like I think of the first six rounds to Deontay Wilder making it a draw. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that with with boxing, and I think that's one of the key reasons why it's taken a step back to MMA for for two reasons: one, the politics in it, and and the judging is so atrocious. So you get these huge money fights. Um, and they get ruined by this poor judging. And then another thing is just there's way too many promotions and, and, and belts. You know what I mean? Like if you look at MMA now, it's pretty much a monopoly. You have the UFC, and almost like professional wrestling, which we talk about a lot. You have the UFC, which is like the WWE. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you you know, there's Bellator as well. But Bellator's not as big. It's it's a smaller promotion. But in, in boxing, you know, you have the the WBC, the WBO, the, the IBF, the IBO. You know what I mean? It's I mean, just, that's that's why it's, it's honestly kind of hard for me to even follow sometimes yeah, when I hear all that shit. It's really it's hard for a lot of people to follow. And I completely understand because um, that's the issue. You have... The, you know, the flyway, the super flyway, like you, there's so much, it's just so diluted down where there's, you can't focus on it. I mean, you have your big guys in boxing and that's why it's tough for you. It's tough to be just a casual boxing fan because you'll see a guy fight and then you might not see him fight for another year or so or two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's and just, that, that's kind of the reason, honestly, you're, you're literally explaining why it's so hard for me to, uh, be a boxing fan and follow it avidly is because there's so much encompassing shit, all the weight divisions, all the different divisions. I mean, it, it, all the belts. It, I mean, got, you know, like you said, guys, you'll see fight and you won't see fight for a long time. And it's like, how can you even right. be an avid fan of one boxer when you see him fight once a year? I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's true. I and mean, it's just, it's, it's diluted down. And I mean, obviously I, I'm saying all this negative stuff, but I yes, I am a big boxing fan. But I just wanted to touch on it recently, just because this pat, you know, December first, there was this big Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight, and it just it ended in a, you know just a baffling draw, and it just it draws people away. Now that being said, big MMA fan as well. MMA is is um, you know mixed martial arts, and the UFC are, are it's another that's another sport where if you're not into it. If you're into fighting and stuff like that, so highly suggest it. There's so much good talent in the in the UFC, and there has been for plenty of years. But um, this weekend, there's a big fight. Uh, this Brian Ortega is fighting Max Holloway for the title. I believe it's the lightweight title. Um, those two guys are just like young, just super good dudes, and and uh, and that that's why you've seen MMA and the UFC take over when it comes to to that. And there's more fans of that than boxing because, like I said, there's there's less bullshit. I guess you would say um, they handle their business in a, in, a, in a good way. As much guff as Dana White gets, which he gets a lot, um, 
but you know they they have they obviously have it figured out. They yeah, they got their they got their hands wrapped around it enough. It isn't so abstract and escaped uh, from the holds of you know what it is and and how fans can get involved because and I feel like with MMA like I mean you look at some of the huge MMA stars that have come out in the last uh, five or so years and that have been the marquee people obviously Rousey not there but was a huge draw for them obviously you know build is you know the most elite female that's ever fought um for a while obviously i was a huge fan uh but there's no doubt that she was exposed uh but yeah, the she same- was just i mean she paved the way for for the female fighters like by far was. yeah of course i mean she started you know she started the game there i mean she she was the most dominant female fighter for for years in, in that business and then you know just like anything more people came around and you know got the best of her but yeah she definitely is that's why she's a hall of famer in the in the ufc so but i feel like you can tune in you can tune into i feel like uh more of the casual fan can even tune into the ufc and and know a little bit about a fighter uh and not that they even fight like sometimes like these fighters uh, go long periods without fighting as well but some of these guys have been consistent and stay around long enough we're like uh, you know, if you've seen three or four Daniel Cormier fights, you're like, okay, like I like him. I I'm a Daniel Cormier guy. You kind of have some buy-in and some investment in him. Um, it's not just so over the top. We're like, okay, well, didn't this guy fight like a a while ago? Like I don't know. It's easier. It's much easier for casual fighting fans to get invested in it. Um, as opposed to boxing because of all the abstractness with boxing. Yeah, no, 100%. I think what was another good thing about uh, UFC especially is you 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 can't really pick and choose your fights. Like you there's ranking systems and if you you know, you get your shot, your contender, your your top 10, your top 5 and boxing there's pound for pound lists, like pound for pound best fighters, but it's all it's more business, you know what I mean? It's more your promote like whoever your promoter is is getting with their promoter and you're coming up with a deal. But UFC, you're under one flag, you're under one banner. Um, they have their own guys who pick fights. So, you know, if you're, you know, you're ranked third, you might get a title shot, you know what I mean? Or you're right. going to get the, 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 the number two guy at that weight class for a title shot. So it's much more organized in that aspect of it too. Well, there's less politics, there's less people ducking people. You see that in boxing a lot where people – you know they 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 don't they're not scared per se, but they don't think it's a good business move to fight this person at this time in their career. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's it's definitely hurt. It's hurt boxing. I mean, boxing is one of the you know oldest sports in the world. So, um, but you know, with all that being said, too, it's 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 in a good place. Like ESPN is has picked up a lot more boxing. You're starting and, and you start to see it on Fox, and the same with. Same with the UFC. The UFC just signed a big deal with ESPN, and you're going to start seeing uh, UFC fights on ESPN. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's a it's it's a strange uh, time for the fight game as well. Obviously, MMA is kind of the UFC in particular has kind of evolved and and seems like it's changing a little bit as well. Um, so it's a uh, I mean, do you ever think we'll see a resurgence in boxing? Though I don't, I don't know if we'll ever see boxing overtake what MMA is and has no, become. 
not at this yeah at this point. I mean, you'll see boxing get is is big. It, it's I don't think you're gonna see it get as much bigger than it is right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, MMA's taking that uh, taking it over, and I think MMA is is, is huge right now. And I, I yeah, but I just think it, it's kind of it's kind of boxing is just kind of it's just kind of past. It's it's uh, I don't know, like it's, it's had its time and and it's now it's over. And I don't think there's anything that that could save it really, to be honest with you. But um, like I said, now you're gonna you see UFC. Uh, they do big Fox events. They do big fe- events. And they're gonna do, they just signed that ESPN deal. So that's definitely taking the taking the higher seat. So yeah, for sure. So uh, yep. Mo- moving on, I guess we'll touch uh, we'll touch a little bit real quickly on uh, the MLB. We got free agency coming up here soon. Uh, yeah. Two two guys I know we've talked about, and they're all the talk of the MLB world right now as far as free agency goes. Uh, Machado and Harper. I mean, where where do you see these guys going? I mean, I don't know. Like, ever see you you hear so much stuff about where everyone's gonna go? Like, there's so many rumors. I just I don't I I really don't have a good. I want to say that I think Machado would stay would just go back to LA again. Um, Harper's a little bit more interesting to me. I'm not really sure. I know Machado's been talked about the Yankees. Like I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. I just don't, I just don't see them getting Machado. I just, don't, and I don't really see them getting Harper either. I think, I think they they keep their hands out of the both of them. But uh, you know, even in Philly down here, I, I hear a lot of people talk about Philly with the with Harper with both those guys actually. So wow, I think uh, it's going to be about payroll. I mean, you always see teams step in and, and make big splashes like. The Rangers are always known for doing that. You know, you can't never count the Red Sox out because they have, uh, you know, they, they're spending money. I mean, they're the new Yankees, so they spend, spend, spend. I mean, in baseball this past year, the number one and the number two payrolls went to the World Series. So what does that tell you? Exactly, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really don't I really don't know. It should, it should be interesting because these, uh, especially Harper's going to get a mega deal. Oh yeah, yeah, he's getting paid for sure. He's gonna get probably the biggest deal that's ever been signed. So, who who is gonna pay him that? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Who, who, who feels comfortable paying him with that? But yeah, you know, in other news, baseball wise, you know, Paul Goldschmidt going to the, yeah. the Cardinals. I think that's huge. I think good for them. Paul, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt's a great player, and I think kind of had a little bit of a of an up and down season this last season. But the Cardinals are a franchise that's always there. Definitely. Um, even with the even when they don't have that superstar, but I just think this makes them even better. Um, so that was a big move, I thought. And then uh, an actual local uh, Central New York guy, Patrick Corbin, uh, signing with the the Nationals. That was big. I thought I really wanted to see him go to the Yankees because uh, he's you know starting pitcher. He was a great he's a great pitcher. But yeah, he's uh, it was good to see a local guy like that getting paid uh, as much money. I think it was like one sixty, yeah, fifty million dollar contract. So nuts! It's it's crazy what some of these contracts are. Yeah, I can only just uh, imagine. <laughs> can only imagine making uh, you know anywhere near that amount of money. But this is kind of how we as sports for you, right? So exactly. There's no, uh, there's no salary cap in baseball, so if these teams want to win a title they feel like they have to spend whatever so yeah and uh so uh who's your what team do you really think and and to just kind of touch on the cardinals real quick i feel like since uh the mcguire era 
the Cardinals have went out of their way and kind of fought despite not being one of those huge markets, you know, an LA team, a New York team, you know, in Boston, uh, I feel like they've fought to keep themselves relevant, whether it be the McGuire era, the Pujols era. I feel like they, uh, they really, they're kind of a really smart organization. Uh, and I've kind of always liked the way they handled things. Yeah, they, and that's you're exactly right. They're just a steady, smart franchise. They have been, you know, for for these past however many years. I mean, they're always around. They're always making the playoffs. Obviously, they they have a couple title runs that they made. Um, they've had great players. Obviously, you had Pujols there for a while, um, and they had some great pitching. But um, yeah, they just kind of they they're just they've just been doing it, and just adding Goldschmidt is just going to help them out even more. So. Definitely. So uh, I guess to, to wrap this uh, up a little bit, getting to the tail end of this, um, and, and we're going to, and I got a, I got a pitch for you right now. I'd say the next episode, we do our Mount Rushmore. We'll kind of, we'll touch on some news and stuff, but I say we do our Mount Rushmore of wrestlers on our next episode. No, hundred percent. Yeah, we should. That'd be fun. I think we'd have a, what's, what would be cool about it is we're going to have differences. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. How we feel. Because uh, when it comes to wrestling, especially pro wrestling, obviously they there's two sides of it, like we spoke about before. There's your the guy, your pure wrestler who's not great on the mic. Then there's your entertainer who's just great on the mic. And then there's the rare Stone Cold Steve Austins of the world who are just great at both, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, so uh, you can look forward to that. Um, and we're going to touch on a lot of wrestling in the next episode. So we're not going to get to wrestling on this episode. But we incorporated a little boxing, a little MMA talk, and uh, got to our MLB a little bit more. Uh, you didn't hear on the first episode. But there's constantly, uh, you know, whatever's active and uh, whatever we want to do is what you're going to hear. And uh, as you just heard, uh, exclusive here on the next episode is going to be the Mount Rushmore uh, of our rest, our wrestlers, our wrestling Mount Rushmore, uh, which is going to be really interesting to to break down and kind of argue our points too. Yeah, it's going to be fun, and I think like when it comes to the this podcast, we're all, we're kind of all over the place, but we're still you know that's a, like we spoke about. It's a great thing about sports; we can kind of babble about whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, football, baseball, wrestling. I mean, we love it all, so you're going to hear everything. So and hence the name. Babbleheads. Exactly. Uh, but uh, closing thoughts. Uh, uh, anything you wanted to uh, to add, news wise, or anything like that? Uh, you know, are, what's a, is there a game, a specific game, whether it be uh, NBA, NFL, uh, that you're looking forward to uh, for the weekend coming up here? Uh, well, I would like if we're just talking this week. I was like I said, I was really pumped on that Toronto. Uh, Philly game last night, basketball-wise, just because I thought that was going to be a glimpse into the playoffs, and I was a little upset of the outcome, obviously, because I wanted Philly to win, but uh, those are two great teams. Um, so the NBA-wise, that was the one I was looking for. And then NFL, I don't, I don't know, if, like I said, I don't know if I have a specific, I think that Eagles-Cowboys game is going to be really fun, just because it's going to be a lot riding on it, and uh Whoever wins that game is probably gonna gonna win that division. So that's the game I'm gonna go with. Nice, very nice. How about you? Uh, I I I honestly don't know. Uh, I didn't, I'm not even sure who's playing this weekend. Uh, as far as uh, 
NFL teams. I haven't looked at the the schedules uh, right. recently. Um, your, your Billy Bob's play the hated Jets, so that'll be good. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. The last time we met the Jets, we mopped the fucking floor with them. Uh, granted, that was with uh, Barkley throwing, but I I really uh, looking uh, every week. Uh, honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to the development of. Uh, Josh Allen, obviously, he's kind of had a an up and down like little go. Obviously, the Bills have just been, like I said, a, a train wreck. But uh, I think he's doing awesome things. He's very mobile. Uh, probably one of the most mobile quarterbacks we see in the league right now. Uh, obviously, he's a rookie. Um, but every week, I just really look forward to watching his development, and uh, I think he has a lot of potential. And uh, I think, uh, like as as you have uh, said uh, a few times. You know, a lot of these teams are only a couple pieces, couple moves away from uh, being uh, playoff contenders. So I hope the Bills end up doing something and getting some uh, solid people around them. And it sounds like they they did a good job of getting rid of some dead weight this past week. And uh, I'm I'm really honestly I'm really just looking forward to closing out the season the next few weeks and and just seeing uh, Josh Allen develop because it's been, it's been really uh, cool to have a little bit of hope at the quarterback position as a Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, I think once uh, once time goes on, like he's gonna learn a lot more. And I think being if you, I think it's exciting to watch. Like I said, it's I I, I talked about a friend uh, with this to a friend a couple uh, weeks ago about because uh, he's an Eagles fan and about how kind of getting to watch a good young quarterback like Wentz develop. And uh, you know, me being a Steelers fan, I've had Roethlisberger for so long that obviously don't want him to go anywhere. But it's gonna be an exciting time when we do kind of go all in on a young quarterback and, and kind of watch his development so right um, being a bills fan you got to be excited about what he can do and you can tell he's a gamer he not only with his arm but he, the guy likes to, to run which is which is what's surprising me the most i mean he's rushing for over 100 yards a game i know uh should be very interesting to see what happens with them and then hopefully they can they can get some more weapons around him you know i mean hopefully shady can be healthy or whatever they decide to do with him and they can get him some some top talent receivers so and hopefully get the ball rolling because as we know no one circles the wagons like the buffalo bills <laughs> ain't it the truth but uh with that said we'll see you on our next episode which will, we will be covering our mount rushmore of wrestlers our wrestling mount rushmore uh who is our top top wrestlers and you're going to see some similarities and some differences as eric and i have a, a rough idea of who because uh, we've discussed it so many times outside of the podcast format but you're going to hear that in the next episode and uh yeah this is babbleheads i'm jesse i'm eric and uh it's been uh it's been fun and we'll see you on the next episode of the babbleheads podcast